0: Shane, you and your colleagues have been reporting on what the U.S. government has determined about this Chinese air balloon that was shot down over the weekend. What did you learn?
1: Well, what we discovered was that the intelligence community has linked this particular balloon that was shot down on Saturday to a vast surveillance program run by China's People's Liberation Army.
0: Shane Harris covers national security for The Post.
1: This has been going on for years, our sources tell us. uh, And it partly operates out of a coastal province in China and has been collecting information on military assets in countries all around the world, but particularly countries that are interesting to China, including the United States, Japan, India, Taiwan, among others. So this balloon that we saw kind of dramatically traversing the United States the other day. It is not alone. There are many, many more balloons, and they're being run by the PLA to gather information around the world.
0: From the newsroom of The Washington Post, this is Post Reports. I'm Elahey Izadi. It's Wednesday, February 8th. Today, I talked to Shane about new exclusive reporting from The Post. That balloon we all saw drift across the country last week— well, US intelligence officials have linked it to a vast Chinese surveillance program. Shane explains what kind of information China is trying to get and why everybody spies. Shane, did your sources, intelligence officials, or the U.S. government make any evidence public to support this assertion, or did they share such evidence with elected officials?
1: Well, they are briefing elected officials now, uh, and there, there are more uh, and fuller briefings planned in the days to come. And as part of that, officials have been saying that they did find evidence uh, that other balloons had been deployed by China, including some that actually had crossed into U.S. airspace, including in Texas uh, and over Hawaii and over Florida, and that this actually happened in the previous administration. So they are starting to share more details about that. Um, As far as this much broader effort, I mean, our sources were describing this and discussing it on condition of anonymity to to kind of go into some of the detail of this. But I think what you're going to see probably in the days to come is the government providing more information to lawmakers and perhaps to the public, too, that really conclusively links this to the Chinese military and is part of a a much longer effort that goes back a number of years.
0: Shane, I want to learn more about this program, but before we get to that, I know that there has been, you know, a lot of jokes made since the weekend about really a balloon? Like, this is the advanced technology that's being utilized in 2023. But, but there is a serious element to that. Like, why would China use a balloon instead of something like high-powered satellite surveillance? What kind of information can a balloon get? And is there an advantage that balloons have that other forms of surveillance don't?
1: well you 're right to, to raise this question of what can the balloon do that the the satellite can 't do because the balloons aren 't really carrying necessarily cameras or other equipment to take pictures that a satellite might not have. The real advantage that the balloon has is that it actually moves very slow. Mm. Um, if a balloon wants to get over a target, let 's say a military facility on the ground that it wants to take that the Chinese want to take pictures of, that balloon could hover over that target at an altitude of about 60 to 80,000 feet, where it might be very hard to see actually, and it can stay there potentially for hours. Satellites generally when they're passing around the Earth might only have a matter of minutes to take a photograph. Now there are some satellites you can position over a target in orbit, but most of these satellites are kind of spinning around the world and taking pictures as they pass. The balloon lets someone go very slowly over a target. The other really interesting advantage to these balloons for China appears to be that the United States wasn't doing a very good job of detecting a lot of them. Um, Our sources say that the PLA, the People's Liberation Army, actually identified what they considered to be kind of a gap uh, in U.S. detection, where they could fly these balloons at around 60 to 80,000 feet, and radar and other sensors weren't always detecting them, or at least not reliably and consistency. And in some cases, we think we're actually characterizing these as what the government calls unidentified aerial phenomena, mm-hmm. which is kind of a way of saying UFO. There's something <laughs> flying around there. We don't know what it is.
0: So are you saying that all these UFO sightings may have in fact been these air balloons?
1: Well, it's it's actually, it's interesting. We, we've, we've reported on this before that there has been this effort to go back that the government and the military have made to go back and sort of scrub the files, if you like, and determine if previous UFO sightings were actually balloons. And in some cases, they, they have said publicly they've attributed them as balloons. They haven't said definitively that they're from China. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you kind of, you know, connect the dots a bit, I think we can presume that some of these retroactively identified unidentified flying objects are probably Chinese surveillance balloons. And it's new information that they're collecting about more recent balloons that they're observing, particularly after having kind of identified this gap that the Chinese were sending the balloons through that have allowed them to go back and retroactively say, okay, right, that thing that we saw uh, that the radar picked up maybe or that somebody spotted a few years ago, now we understand that was probably a balloon because it's behaving like things we see now that we know are balloons. I see.
0: Can you tell us more about the history of this program? How large of a program is this? And who are they surveilling? And how long has the US government been aware of this?
1: Well, we think that this program has been going for a number of years. Uh, it's hard to say precisely how long, but I think several years, safe to say. We have talked to one official who said there have been dozens of missions just since 2018. So that's a fairly significant number. Our sources have also said that these balloons have been spotted, as they said, over uh, at least five continents. Uh, So we're talking pretty much everywhere uh, around the world. We don't know precisely all of the countries that these balloons have been sent to monitor but we do understand that they include Japan, India, Vietnam, Taiwan, the Philippines, and of course, the United States. Um, And important to emphasize here, what it appears that the Chinese are looking for is information on military assets in those countries that are of emerging strategic interest to China. These might be U.S. allies. They might be places like Taiwan, which obviously China has a great interest in and U.S. officials are worried might actually try to invade at some point. Mm. Um, So the balloons are kind of part of this global operation of of gathering intelligence on, you know, precisely the kind of targets you would think a a major rising power like China would want to know about. Mm.
0: And so if this isn't the first... Balloon that has been seen over the United States. Why did this one cause such an uproar? And, and why is the government sort of talking about it more openly now?
1: I think the simple answer is um, people saw it. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> it ended up on Twitter. <laughs>
0: oh gosh! Like,
1: <laughs> I mean, it's, it's you know, it, it's it's really it's it's so interesting how this evolved. You know, it did cross over into Alaskan airspace a number of days ago, but it wasn't really, it appears, until it crossed into what officials call the continental United States, you know, the contiguous, you know, 48 states, that you started to see local news reports of people spotting this strange thing in the sky. And now to the story captivating the nation, the Chinese spy balloon over American airspace. NBC News then broke a story that this balloon was, uh, you know, over the continent and that the military was tracking it.
0: We've got some breaking news to get to, an exclusive out of our Pentagon team, because apparently there is a suspected Chinese spy balloon that's been hovering over the northern U.S., according to three officials familiar with this.
1: The story was out, and it was just utterly transfixing, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, to see this strange white sphere with this, you know, thing dangling from it just kind of floating around Montana and making its way down the center of the country. It was such a tremendous spectacle. And I think at that point, you know, uh, the balloon was sort of out of the bag, if you like, (laughs) and there was really no way to, to, to hide it, obviously. And so then it became like this really, you know, major story, and I think it gave the military an opportunity then perhaps as well to say, okay, look, there are some things that we can say about this. And, you know, it became a diplomatic incident. Right. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken was about to get on a plane to go to China to meet with officials there, including Xi Jinping, the leader of China, and had to call it off because of the, the diplomatic... Crisis that was brewing, it would have been extremely awkward for him to have been in China while this spy asset, as the U.S. called it at the time, was hovering over the United States. And we can only imagine how awkward it would have been had Blinken might have been in China when an F-22 fighter jet blew up the balloon off the coast of South Carolina.
0: Yeah. So why did the U.S. government just watch these balloons for so long without doing anything about them?
1: Well, in one sense, we shouldn't necessarily presume that they have done nothing about them. They may have been observing them and collecting information about them. And we know more recently, as was the case, of course, too, with the one uh, that crossed over last week, the United States has observed it and used a lot of technology to kind of suck up the signals, if you like, that are being emitted from the balloons to understand what they're doing. But more earlier than that, I think one reason they, they weren't really acting against them is because in some cases, they weren't sure what they were. Um, They may have also been crossing over uh, other countries where the United States can't really go, you know, uh, into those places or necessarily tell leaders what to do about it. Um, They have been hard to spot.
0: And what has China said about this balloon?
1: What the Chinese are saying is that, look, this is just a weather balloon. It went off course. We're very sorry. We're embarrassed by this. But it's not a surveillance platform. U.S. military's officials have been very clear in saying that they think that's preposterous. Um, And probably what we're going to find when this wreckage is analyzed now that it's been recovered out of the ocean, you're probably going to find that it does have imaging technology and other uh, kind of surveillance technology that pretty clearly demonstrates it's not merely a weather balloon. Mm. Um, but China, of course, does not want to acknowledge that it operates a global program of espionage like this. Not that all countries don't. I mean, we have satellites that are spying on China all the time. Um, but, you know, they, they don't want the, obviously, the embarrassment of it. And they don't want to necessarily see this the the global nature of this program exposed, not just because it causes diplomatic headaches for them, but now countries know the kinds of things to look for They know how to spot these balloons better, and that will help them actually stop the balloons, perhaps in some cases, from taking pictures and gathering intelligence.
0: After the break, what does all of this mean for the relationship between the U.S. and China going forward? We'll be right back.
2: Hey, this is Christina Quinn. Okay, Shane, but doesn't
0: everyone sort of spy? Like, is there any reason to think that this balloon is somehow a provocative move by China? Or is this just standard in in geopolitics? Like, does the U.S. engage in surveillance like this?
1: Yeah, laying my cards on the table. While it was very fun to sort of and amusing to watch this story play out over the weekend, you know, I was reminded of that line in Casablanca where I'm shocked to find gambling going on in this casino. (laughs) All big nations spy on one another. Mm. I mean, I, I actually tweeted something in frustration, I'll admit, saying, you know, look, if you're getting worked up about a balloon, remember that, you know, China is basically penetrated, you know, untold numbers of computer networks in the United States. They routinely steal classified information. They are running potentially dozens of human agents in the U.S. This is what big countries do. They spy on each other. We spy on China. You know, we use computer hacking, we use human agents, we use surveillance satellites and all of these different technologies at our disposal to try and get information about our adversaries and frankly, sometimes our allies. What's interesting here is that China got caught out doing it, mm. right? Which is always a problem. You don't the whole <laughs> nature of espionage is that it has to, it's designed to be clandestine. Um, and it became a diplomatic incident and it became a political. Hot point, you know, it gave Republicans the opportunity to bash President Biden and say you're being weak on China. Democrats turned around and said, oh, but they sent balloons during the Trump administration and you did nothing about it. It kind of spirals into a big diplomatic and political mess and obscures the fact that what the Chinese are doing here is routine. Mm. It's not routine that a balloon necessarily drifts over South Carolina and gets discovered, but it is routine for China to use intelligence and espionage to gather information on the United States. And as we're pointing out in this story today, it turns out these balloons are actually fairly routine. They make up a pretty significant part of the Chinese intelligence apparatus, it turns out. (laughs) So, you know, we're all seeing this kind of in real time for the first time, but people should remember that this kind of thing happens all the time, every day. You just don't see it.
0: Shane, you mentioned that Secretary Blinken had to cancel his, his trip to China. Is this balloon incident impacting relations between the two countries in any other ways?
1: Yeah, the balloon incident is no doubt it's a setback for US China relations. Secretary of State Blinken was preparing to go over to meet with Chinese officials and Xi Jinping. This was supposed to be an effort to try and to start to ease tensions that have been running, you know, very high between the U.S. and China for a number of years over issues like Taiwan, over human rights, over democracy movements in Hong Kong, over trade. You know, it's a very important, very strategic, and very tense relationship. And this does not help. It's This is a major irritant. At the same time, I think that there is an expectation that there could be kind of a cooling-off period... Uh, you know, the Americans and the Chinese are going to try to get past this because the broader relationship is more important than a kind of fracas over a surveillance balloon. And both countries know that they are spying on each other all the time. So I think that once we get kind of past the public spectacle uh, and and the political uh, fever of this, there's going to be some effort and desire, I think, on the part of Washington and Beijing to try and get leaders to sit down again. It's going to take some time, and it could take longer than, you know, perhaps either side would like, but I think that the relationship is going to be resilient enough to get past this uh, in in the weeks and months ahead. Mm.
0: Shane, what has President Biden said about this balloon incident?
1: Well, President Biden, on the day the balloon was shot down on Saturday, told reporters that he'd actually given the order earlier on Wednesday.
0: Order the Pentagon to shoot it down on Wednesday as soon as possible. They decided, without doing damage to anyone on, on the ground,
1: they decided that the best time to do that was as got over water outside within the within 12-mile limit. So he was pretty clear that from the beginning he saw this as a provocation, he saw it as a violation of U.S. sovereignty, and he was going to take action to bring down the balloon. And since then, including at the State of the Union, I think he's, he's kind of framing this incident not in order to try and draw the U.S. and China into conflict. But he's using it to say to China, we will stand up for our interests. You know, we're not kidding around here. (laughs) Um, And that when we are challenged, we are going to respond. I'm committed to work with China where we can advance American interests and benefit the world. But make no mistake about it. As we made clear last week, if China threatens our sovereignty, we will act to protect our country. And we did. So, you know, I think that while... This whole incident with the balloon certainly has heightened tensions between U.S. and China while it sort of blew up, so to speak, the meeting that was planned between Blinken and his counterparts. It has provided an opportunity for President Biden to flex U.S. muscle against China. Uh, and not that he uh, necessarily would have, I think, wanted an opportunity to do it like this, um, but you don't let a good crisis go to waste in politics, and he is using this as a way of you know, sort of beefing up his bona fides on national security and saying to China, we're going to respond to you guys when you provoke us in this way and putting them and the rest of the world on notice.
0: Shane, and how likely is a potential clash with China? Because, you know, for months there have been these reports of U.S. government officials warning there could be a clash. Would the U.S. and China really engage each other in some form of warfare?
1: yeah, there have been some comments that have been made public about some military officials predicting that China may be preparing very soon to attack Taiwan or to try and invade and occupy Taiwan. You know I've talked to a number of intelligence officials who disagree with that. they They don't think that china is is very close to doing this. Uh, and you hear different analyses on whether, for instance, you know, China has watched the a botched Russian invasion of Ukraine and whether Xi Jinping is sort of sitting back and saying, wait a minute, maybe this wouldn't be so easy if we tried to move on Taiwan. But the relationship between the US and China, I mean, it is tense. These are adversarial powers. I think it maybe is going a little far to call us enemies with each other, but we, you know, these are two countries with big strategic interests. China has huge ambitions. Um, and that relationship is very sensitive right now, and their interests are not aligned. Um, so an incident like this, it does raise those tensions and it aggravates things. It creates more points of friction at a time when I think Washington and Beijing also are trying to, to smooth that out. And of course, I think what everyone in Washington wants to avoid is direct military conflict with China, I think that's another reason though why perhaps the Biden administration felt so compelled to actually take down this balloon and to quite visibly, you know, shoot mm-hmm. it down. I mean, we all saw the F-22 go up and the missile, you know, be fired off at the balloon. I think that they wanted to very clearly demonstrate to Beijing, you know, listen, we're going to defend our interests and sometimes that means, you know, doing it with military force. Obviously nobody was killed, nobody was injured here, but it's a fairly public demonstration. Uh, of where the U.S. is is drawing lines. Um, they could have let the balloon just drift off into the Atlantic, I suppose, and not shut it down, mm. but the administration chose not to do that. The president chose not to do that.
2: Mm.
0: Thanks, Shane, so much for your time.
1: You bet. Thanks for having me.
0: Shane Harris covers intelligence and national security for The Post. He reported the story with Ellen Nakashima, John Hudson, and Dan Lamoth. That's it for Post Reports. Thanks for listening. Today's show was produced by Sabi Robinson with help from Arjun Singh. It was mixed by Sean Carter and edited by Maggie Penman. If you want to show your support for our show, please leave us a review. We really do read them all and they also help other people find our show. I'm Elahe Izadi. We'll be back tomorrow with more stories from The Washington Post.